Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Feast on This, starring Jennifer Runyon and Venus Quintana on WBAR Radio New York. Welcome to Feast on This, part of WBAR New York. I'm your host, Venus Quintana, and uh, I'm actually here with our resident guest, Dr. David Gentile. Hello, David. Hey, Venus. How are you tonight? I am very well. I'm very well. Thank you so much uh, to all our listeners. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, Jennifer could not be with us tonight. She was uh, feeling slightly under the weather, so we gave her the night off. So, uh, Jen, if you're listening, I hope you feel much better, my poor, poor dear. Oh, me too, Jen. And if you need any advice, uh, give me a text later on. I'll see what we can do for you. (laughs) Oh, so how are you? How's everything? You know what? I'm great, Venus. Uh, I had a great week and uh, a lot of great things. I was down at a board uh, meeting down in Asheville, North Carolina. Just had a great weekend. And uh, just really excited about what we're going to talk about tonight because it's obvious uh, to those that know me, this is very near and dear to my heart, the glycemic index uh, conversation. So it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. Yes, it will be. It will be. And, you know, if any of our listeners want to call in and um, add anything to the show, speak to David or ask any questions, the number to call is 914-338-1917. So it's been an interesting week. Uh, it's been uh, it's been pretty busy uh, this weekend. It's actually the first weekend I think that we really haven't been out to Kismet, uh, Fire Island, because David was on a uh, very interesting business trip uh, to North Carolina. He just got back um, last night, yeah. and uh, you know I definitely want to talk to you about that because I know you had some interesting culinary experiences while you were down there. Without a doubt. That seems to follow oh. foodies, doesn't that, huh, Venus? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. But, uh, you know, David and I, we actually attended an incredible event on Thursday night in Manhattan at the uh, Prince George Ballroom. Um, we actually had on uh, the show a couple of weeks ago Joe Carsonell, who is the founder of Toast in the Town, and they put an incredible event called uh, it was called the New York Heritage New York Salon and Bounty, right? That's what it was called. Yes, and yes. um it was just a wonderful evening of um, you know, cocktails and, and food and entertainment. Um, lovely venue. They really put on a great, great show. Um, some wonderful cocktails, right? What did we drink? What was our favorite? I think it was that Aviation yeah. gin, no? They aviation, made, no, yeah, American it, well, avi- uh, aviation American well, gin, I believe it was called. Really nice. It had a nice... Um, that was a watermelon drink we had? Yeah, they did like a watermelon puree, and I believe they put a little mint in there and a yes. little lemon and just a gin, and it was so simple yet so refreshing. That was really one of my favorites. Um, you know, the whole idea of this event was to basically pay homage to New York's heritage, right? Like where it all began, the master mixologists, um, where all the ideas came from, you know, back in the day, all those incredible drinks, um, uh, Prohibition era. So it was really, really cool. They had some awesome, um, you know, staple landmark restaurants, right? Like Keen's, Keen's Steakhouse over there. Yeah, Keen's Steakhouse, which... Do you remember that mutton? Oh my the dear mutton. lord! The mutton. That was interesting. That was actually, so they, I think, my favorite Venus truly was cooked. To yeah, perfection. they had it laid out on the carving block, and they were slicing it up with like this. What was the sauce? It was almost like a. It was like a. Uh, it was sweet. like a, a, a sweet mint, but it was so unique because you know I don't like the mint jelly per se. I mean, I like it, but it's not my favorite. This was a creative option. Mm. I think. It, remember it had the nice fresh flecks of uh, mint leaf in it? It was really nice. Yes, yes, that was excellent. Uh, there are another couple of uh, landmark restaurants, and I don't even remember the names right now. But So it was really kind of, they had pulled pork sandwiches. They had the 
Um, what ah, is the, the chopped uh, liver, the, that was chop, your favorite, no? The chopped liver was excellent. They served that in like little pieces of bread. But I have to say my favorite, <laughs> my favorite thing of the whole evening, and I don't remember the restaurant, um, were the potato knishes. Oh, I think that was Sarge's, S-A-R-G-E-S. Oh, Sarge's, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's not going to fit into our discussion tonight, but yes, no, I did No, it's not, but you know well, what? That's why it's not going to fit in, because it tasted <laughs> so good. And I'm telling you, they they were so small, you could just pop them like 10 at a time. That was my but favorite. You know, that's the key, right? They were small. So you know what? When we talk about this low glycemic lifestyle, and it is a lifestyle, it's not a diet. It's doing the best you can to figure out how to make that work and keep your food coming in a real delicious way. You know, a little bite-sized knish, no big deal unless you have a food sensitivity right. or something like that, right? It was and good. I think it was good. When you, you know, if you go out to dinner once in a while or you go out to an event like we did that evening, I think all that low glycemic stuff just goes out the window, right? Like, who cares about that? <laughs> when it's just one night, right? I mean, I think we're allowed that well, unless we have yeah. like diabetes or hypoglycemia or something like that. I mean, I like to treat myself anyway, and I know you do too, David. <laughs> yeah, and and I you know I will always admit that even to my parent, uh, patients and stuff like that. But you know what I think was cool? See, this is what I like to do. So that like for example, that pulled pork was on a brioche roll, but it wasn't yes. the best brioche roll. No, it so was quite I, dry and. Dry. Mm-hmm. So I opened face it, right, Venus? You saw that I took a fork, I ate the pulled pork off. I didn't want to eat a yes. high glycemic food that wasn't spectacular. Why waste my calories? Exactly. Right? I agree. God knows I absolutely we ate a lot agree. of food that night. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty good. You know, desserts, I mean, they had a couple. We had, um, what, what did we, we have? Those, oh, uh, veal meatballs. Remember those? Oh, the veal meatballs were excellent. Yeah, they were topped a, with ricotta. Was it ricotta or some yeah, kind of? Yeah, like a, a nice whipped ricotta and a beautiful tomato sauce, which I thought was nice because it wasn't too heavy. Because right. you can't do veal with a heavy sauce, otherwise you'll lose the whole dish. Yes, yes, I do agree with you. Um, and then Patron Tequila had the what were they? Those little pop sticks, those little. <laughs> Ice. Yeah. Ice. Yeah. I think that was, was high glycemic. What do you think? Well, again, I think uh, I, we we did not. There was no ingredients on the wrapper, and we were having just a good old time. I think you and yeah, I. Yeah, that only was all sugar. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely think it was. Now, here's the thing, Venus. You, or I, or anybody for that matter, could take a little tequila, do like a beautiful watermelon puree, which we've been basically living on. And oh, yes. Do you remember when you were a kid? Freeze it. Freeze it. Put it in a Dixie yeah. cup with a, um, uh, a stick in there. Or I don't know if you remember yeah. this, but back yeah. in the day, the little Tupperware things, my parents had those. Why not have a little fun and creativity? Make your own pops. Yeah, I used to do that. I used to do that when I, uh, when I lived uh, home in London. And, and that's a great idea. So, I mean, these were just kind of really promotional uh, things for the evening, and I really, you know, I know we took a couple of d- bites, and then we were done. We actually threw it out. I'm so sorry, but we did. Sorry to Patron, yeah. but it was just too much sugar. And you know, I find that when I eat that kind of sugar, it's almost like it sticks to my teeth, like a like acid, right? It's like acid. Well, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, you know, sugar is definitely an, a real uh, inflammatory type thing. Uh, of course, we've known this all our life from uh, our dentist, right? Sugar on the mm-hmm. teeth, you know, where's those cavities coming? They'll be there quite soon. Right. Um, but, you know, it's kind of interesting. You made that uh, statement not just that night, but actually last night, too. And I like that. See, you're aware. And, and yeah. awareness is always the first step in making lifestyle choices. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then also we had, which I actually did quite enjoy, the frozen hot chocolate. Now, that to me was a treat worth it. That was but it very was in nice. a little shot glass, so it was, you know, exactly. to me, that's perfect, right? Little per- little portion, very intense right. chocolate. And I think that's the key with cooking in a healthy, vital way is you want intense flavors where you don't need a pound of it to get satiety. You could have one ounce of it and go, wow, that was a, my yes. flavor, my flavors were there, my taste buds were excited. 
I agree. Now, you know, something interesting that I'm thinking about, so when we talk about high glycemic, you know, the glycemic index and high glycemic foods and so forth, so how does that apply to alcoholic drinks, right? Like when we go out and, I mean, I generally don't drink these, but a lot of people will, you know, get the sweet martinis, the apple martinis, the French martinis, which have all this very um, uh, sugary uh, liquors in it, like the blackberry liqueur and... Um, so how does that affect, like, how is that kind of um, seen to be on the uh, glycemic, glyc- I can't even say it. Glycemic index, yeah. Well, glycemic you know, that's index, a, how, how does yeah. that work with the drinks? Well, you know, that's interesting, right? So glycemic index, uh, as you're saying, Venus isn't just applied to food, but drink as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, Venus knows my drink of choice is a, um, a tequila, a nice tequila, and I like fresh lime. And then yes. I'll have like a seltzer on the side. And, I, you know, you can nurse that, and it's really refreshing. And tequila, vodka, and things of that nature are low glycemic, whereas beer, wine, and forget it. Once you hit cordials, you know, mm. you rock the world. I mean, that's why people feel like uh, they, don't, they can't process that the next day. The, the quote-unquote hangover isn't always necessarily the alcohol. I mean, you could have one really sweet drink, right, and not abuse alcohol, which, you know, I am definitely a proponent of. But the next day, you go, ooh, I don't feel so good. And why is that? Because of the sugar. Your body has to get rid of that. It has to process that. Okay, so I have a question. So what exactly is a hangover? You know, when you wake up and your head is absolutely pounding, you feel like your skull is just going to break open and your brains are going to kind of come out. What exactly we, is happening at that point? As we say, <laughs> the pickled walnut. Uh, the so pickled walnut. The pickled walnut, right? And, you know, I personally, I would choose not to drink if that's where you're going to go, but we've all been there. We've certainly all been of there course. by choice or not choice, right? Um, so, so a hangover is where the liver is just toxic, overloaded, the enzymes of the liver have been so busy all night long clearing the alcohol, and now if you take a high glycemic alcohol, your liver is even working higher. So mm. that's part of it. But the real thing is alcohol at excess and sugar dehydrates us terribly. Now, come on, right? When you 18, 20, whatever, you had one too many, and the next day, what was the first thing you went for? A gallon of water, Right. Mm-hmm. And it's because of that dehydration state. Um, so it's really not good, of course, to excess in anything. And I think that even with good things, right? I don't think any radical edges are good. You want to stay midline with things. And to drink to excess or drink high glycemic things especially, you're not doing yourself a service. You know, it's, it's calorically high. You're really right. putting your body through, you know, through the hoops to clear it. And that's why eating in a glycemic lifestyle is so fun because you can have great food, great drinks, be creative, and feel great while you're eating, after you eat, and the next day. But is it true, though, with the hangover, is it true that your brain actually swells? Um, more, and it's almost I would... like kind of hitting the side of your skull. <laughs> that's what causes the pain. That's what that pickled wine. Isn't that, isn't that just the best? Uh, think the thing. Well, it's more of actually dehydration and inflammation. So right. I think what you're feeling in your head is that pounding, which is a mm-hmm. headache because of the inflammation you generated. And you know, that's I just poured thing. myself a drink. I hear that. I hope it's tequila <laughs> or vodka. <laughs> no, I just but, poured myself a glass of port, blackberry oh port. Oh my God! Well, you know what? We did enjoy a little bit of a port, a nice. 20 port last night, but again, a little sniff of glass, just a little flavor, and we had really eaten primarily a low glycemic, beautiful Italian dinner, um, but that was a nice, nice addendum. But you notice too, Venus, one of the things that we both do, now I don't know if you chose to do this other than flavor initially, but the lime that we do, and we always ask for fresh lime, and I tell you to the audience, Correct. we've sent back more drinks than most people order because we like i mean venus she looks at that glass and if she can tell if that lime is fresh and it's squeezed yeah. right and it's the right ratio right well if my drink comes to me and it looks like 
it's glowing neon green, I know to send it back right away. I know that I won't even want to taste it. You know, if the drink comes towards me and it's kind of like a nice sort of cloudy white color and I can see the ice and some lemon floating, some lime floating on the top, I'll know that it's a good drink just by the visual of it, I know. Well, and here's the beauty of your choice. Now, I remember our, one of our first dates, you ordered a drink, and it came with that roses lime. It looked like, <laughs> you know, Walt Disney in a glass. And oh. you looked at the glass, you looked at me, and I said, oh, my God, if I have to jump behind that bar and squeeze the limes to impress this woman myself, I'll do it. <laughs> but, you know, the trick there, the lime actually helps the liver kick yes. into a detoxification. Correct. So I put right, so I put my lime in the tequila and mm-hmm. I always have a club soda on I always say on the back just to keep mm-hmm. hydrated. Like a and chaser, also, yeah? Yeah, but it also keeps you from drinking too much. You know, so you have a little sip of your tequila in my case or your vodka in your case and then you got a little club soda chaser. Well I can definitely, you know, think back to an absolutely traumatic experience that I had years ago when I was kind of, you know, a bit more of a rebel and partying a little bit. And I'd gone out on the town with a couple of my European girlfriends, and we were actually in Huntington, New York, um, on Long Island. And, you know, Huntington, for people who are not familiar with the town, it's kind of almost like a, a mini Manhattan, if you will. There's lots of bars and clubs and restaurants and so forth. So that particular night, we decided to go bar hopping. Okay, Uh, and I think the first bar we went into was, I forget the name, but they just they just redid it. It was actually on um, that show restaurant. What's that show with John Taffer? Bar Rescue. um, Um, So they completely redid this. No, it's Bar Rescue. Oh, Bar Rescue. Yes, On Spike. It's incredible. So I remember, you know what I was drinking? I was drinking that pinnacle um, vanilla oh. vodka. Okay. So I had some of that. Then we went to another bar and we started doing shots like buttery nipple shots. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Which is we what? Were doing, Bellies and something oh, else. Oh, it's uh, just oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. So we were doing all these, sugar. we were doing all these shots, all these shots. And before you know it, I am so wasted. Uh, thank God I didn't drive home. Someone else drove. Thank but God. can I just tell you, the next day, my hangover was so bad, I actually nearly ended up in the hospital. It was that bad. Wow. Like, I was laying on my back for probably about 10 hours straight the whole day because I was in so much pain. My whole body just shut down. Wow. You wow. know? I get that. It was pretty bad. That. It was pretty bad. So now I'm very, very conscious about what I drink uh, when I go out. And I really look, you know, I like to, um, what's that, actually, what's that phrase they use? Um, beer before oh, liquor or something? Or, um, yeah, liquor before, never got sicker or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what? I do not mix my drinks, you know. Even... You know, even the other night we had, actually it was last night when we stayed at the Glencove Mansion, I had a yes. sip of kind of sort of a bit of a cheap champagne, I won't lie. Oh, well, oh um, we let that go to, to waste. That was awful. One awful. sip of that and I got a hangover in the morning. Yeah. I had yeah. a hangover this morning from that one sip, even though I only had my usual vodka and, and um, lime. So, yeah, we do have to make better choices, uh, you know, when we, I mean, I'd rather get drunk on one kind of alcohol than, like, four different kinds of alcohol, right? Well, well, definitely. And, you know, the thing with effervescence in champagne, what that actually does is increases the surface area of the alcohol, so you actually do absorb it quicker. So that's why it's a, you know, the old cheap date trick is the champagne. So a couple of glasses <laughs> of that compared to wine, and, and you know, Truly, the absorption goes up, and uh, correct. So correct. you know that's that's a factor. That's truly a factor. Mm. It's not necessarily the grapes from uh, the region they make it, but it's the effervescence. Correct, correct. Um, so, if anyone's actually listening right now, and you have any questions, or you want to share any experiences with us, funny or otherwise, please call in. We'd love to hear from you. Nine one four three three eight one nine one seven. 
So, David, tell us then a little bit about your trip to North Carolina. Oh, it was phenomenal. So I'm on the medical board of advisors for Zymogen, which is a one of the largest, or the largest, uh, international nutraceutical companies. So I'm very honored to be on this board, and I've got a great uh, compadre of fellow physicians, uh, executives, and researchers. So we were down at this place, which, I, of course, you saw pictures. I know I made you jealous, but it was called yes, the Grove Park Inn. So when I says inn, mm. this was not an inn, as you know. It was mm-hmm. a true resort, and every single president has stayed there. Goodness. So when you walk down that hallway from Obama backwards, every president's face was there. So, boy, did I feel special. Oh, um, that's wonderful. I not, yeah, I had no Secret Service working with me, but I kind of felt special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But this place, since we are a nutraceutical company, and, and Zymogen is very, very generous to the Board of Advisors, uh, you know, kind of meeting our needs. We we can't preach one thing and live another thing, right? So when they have these events, I am talking about everything. It's low glycemic, gluten free, gourmet. There was a oh, buffet brunch that. on Sunday, mm-hmm. Venus. I I wanted to take home food via the plane, but I was on a puddle jumper and a connection, and I said <laughs> it's just not going to work out. Um, but they had some really nice food. They had like quinoa salad. They had a beautiful carving turkey, which again, low glycemic. Quinoa, right. low glycemic. They now had, what did I'm sorry, what did they actually um, mix with the quinoa? Because quinoa on its own is quite, I think, rather bland. No, I mean it's. Oh yeah, yeah, and you know, you and I have done a great job with it. Now they did a beautiful job, and what they did. You know, of course, I wasn't in the kitchen to see all of the preparations, but I'm pretty good at picking it apart. To me, it seemed like it had a nice citrus background, so they probably cooked it very plain, and then they probably created like a lemon-lime, olive oil, kind of like salad dressing. I believe there was chickpeas in it. There were peppers, and there were toasted walnuts on top. And really, the key to, Mm. I think, every dish, Venus, and you and I know this, is fresh herbs. It was so alive. You mean herbs? Herbs, yes. And (laughs) aluminum. (laughs) Herbs. Herbs. Mm. So, yes, there were good herbs and herbs. And that was a nice little side salad. And, you know, they had fresh salmon. They had uh, grouper. One day, Provencal. They had a green bean salad, Venus, and I don't even like green beans. I mean, of all the vegetables in the world, right. I just just doesn't do it for me. I like broccoli. I'm not like uh, whatever president didn't like broccoli. I love broccoli. I love broccoli. I like the French all. beans. I love the haricot there. Well, you know, that's true. That's true. If you do those right, it's Because there are two different kinds of, of, of green beans, aren't they? Yes, yes. The, the Horkover, I think, are much um, tastier. They're definitely a little more petite. And if I'm not mistaken, I can't say yes or no on this, but they were petite green beans, whether they're the Horkoveres or not, but they had chestnuts in that. So it was a, mm. a cold green bean salad with kind of like a balsamic kind of background to it with chestnuts. Now, there again, now that is a perfectly healthy, low-glycemic thing. In the summer, now, Asheville, North Carolina is just gorgeous. The Blue Ridge Mountains in the background, Mm. and um, you're sitting out there on a terrace during a board meeting for a lunch, and you've got these beautiful colors and flavors, and it was very refreshing, very good. And, you know, when you're in a meeting, you you know, we're we're going from 8 in the morning till 6 at night, and then we always have events and dinners afterwards. You don't Mm -hmm. want what I call bunk. You don't want to bonk. And the reason bonk? most people bonk, B O N K. Bonk. <laughs> bonk. <laughs> bonk? That bonk, means something bonk. very different where I come from. Oh, well, uh, you know, maybe this word <laughs> should be properly edited down, but not, not, not to be mistaken from where you come from. <laughs> Sorry, I have a couple of friends here. They thought that was pretty funny. You know what? I'm glad they did. I'm glad they did. But for me, bonking, or let's use the word crash, um, (laughs) what happens with that, Venus, is if you eat a high glycemic meal, what happens is your insulin 
goes crazy. Your pancreas releases all this insulin, and what happens is you go from a high blood sugar to extremely low blood sugar. And that's why some people, like, mm. if you had pizza for lunch, are you really going to be able to think and work through the day mm. at 2 in the afternoon? No, because you're going to come down and you're going to crash or bunk. So the low glycemic gourmet foods we had kind of keep you going, boom, 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 you know, because, uh, you know, yeah. we're dealing with a lot of uh, international corporate matters, so you need to be on your game. So what does it mean sometimes? And it doesn't happen to me that often anymore because I've really balanced out my diet so my body doesn't crave it that much. But sometimes, you know, during the middle of the day, say that 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock time where you're starting to feel kind of that lag, you're feeling fatigued, you're feeling tired. And then what I'll do is I'll reach for some chocolate or some candy or I'll I'll need some kind of a sugar rush, Mm -hmm. right? And then that'll last for about an hour and then I'll just completely go back down again. So why do we? Why would I have that craving for the sugar? Well, okay. So now, what would be interesting for you to do, Venus, too, is look at the lunch you had and kind of like almost keep a journal to say, if I ate this, how do I feel at three o'clock? Right. So if you think about, we call it the like you ever hear of a glucose tolerance test? They look at your blood sugar at one hour, two hours, three hours. So at that three right. hour mark, which is typically when we're three hours out from lunch. How did your body process the sugars? So if it over-processed those because it's high glycemic, you're going to be crashed down. So now I the very – this is called yo-yoing, right? So what do you do? You grab for sugar. What happens again? Sugar goes up, insulin goes up, and then you come too far down. So what I like to do around that 3 o'clock time is I will have one little square of dark chocolate but a yeah. handful of almonds. Almonds, yeah, 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 sure. You know, so you're getting your protein, you're getting some of your minerals out of that, Mm -hmm. and you get some really healthy, wonderful fats out of that. And the chocolate is that little sexy edge to it, but it's not enough sugar to cause that crash. Mm -hmm. And that's also a great uh, low glycemic um, snack to have, right? If we're thinking about having snack uh, during the day, I like the organic cashews. Almonds, walnuts especially, I like even like sunflower seeds. I mean, they're all good, yeah? Absolutely. And you know the fun thing, Venice? You could, at home, you could curry up, uh, not hurry up, but curry up some uh, (laughs) cashews or even, um, I think cashews tend to be best with a curry. And you could make Mm. like a little curry powder and you can roast them a little bit in the curry powder. Oh, I want to do that. Yeah, that sounds incredible. Um, hold that thought just for a moment, David. We have someone calling in. Let's see who oh, this great, great. is. Hello, welcome to Feast on This. Hey, it's Woodman. How are you? Hey, oh, Woody, the Woodman. How are you? The Woodster. How are you, Woody? The Woodster. I'm <laughs> <laughs> good, guys. I, I had to um, call in right there at that point because uh, when you said bonk, <laughs> um, I don't, you probably don't know know this about me, but um, I had the name Woody for many many years. And when I was uh, living and working down in Australia, uh, there was this one <laughs> evening I went to the, the barkeep and I said, "Hey," he goes, "Hey, what's your name, mate?" And I said, "It's, uh, it's Woody." And he goes, "I can't serve a Woody in this bar." So that's actually <laughs> that's where the, the Woodster and the Woodman came from originally. <laughs> Because so if you know anything about Australia, right? what a Woody is, a Woody is not what a Woody is up here. So, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. See, now, isn't that interesting? In different cultures, different words can mean such a different thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. yes, indeed. I do have a, a question for uh, you, Dr. Dave. It's uh, sure. regarding um, the glycemic stuff. I watch a little bit of stuff on, on the telly some health shows from time to time, and uh, Marcola was doing some stuff, I think, or one of his mm-hmm. assistants anyway, mm-hmm. and he was relating liver fat with this entire glycemics and, and um, diabetes and stuff. And unfortunately, a couple of my good friends recently have been diagnosed with diabetes type 2, yeah. uh, mm. which is really pretty horrible. So uh, mm. I think uh, we just talked about all these sugar spikes and stuff. I think it's all interrelated. And I think it's something all of us could really learn a little bit about if you could share. Yeah, yeah. so um, that's actually really interesting, Woody. So a fatty liver is a precursor, believe it or not, to cirrhosis. Now, once you get a fatty liver, and it can happen from a high glycemic lifestyle, a high triglyceride lifestyle, and mm-hmm. heavy alcohol. 
what happens is the hepatocytes, which are the liver cells, kind of swell up initially, get inflamed, and then the fat replaces the cells. Now, really, our liver is the clearinghouse of everything. I mean, there's so many mechanisms are going on in the liver. When you replace the hepatocyte with fat, now you have this mass of liver that might be only 70% active cells. And what happens is now you start getting uh, elevated liver enzymes. You start not processing so well, Woody, your carbohydrates, fats, and everything because the liver processes everything. So, you know, usually with a patient, initially I might see elevated liver enzymes on blood work or when I do my physical exam, we actually, what we do is percuss or palpate the liver and if that liver is enlarged, I'll get a sonogram, and probably eight out of ten times, what I see, Woody, is this fatty liver changes. And that's, that's unfortunate because at that point, you've got to make some serious lifestyle changes. And right. you, can, you can reverse it in the early stages, but if you let it go too far, you, you kind of lost, you know, the, 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 what do they say, the horse is out of the barn type mentality? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think uh, the guy on the the program I was watching compared it to a uh, kitchen strainer, there where you know you put maybe uh, some some pasta or or breadcrumbs or something into it, and it blocks all the straining holes, and that way the efficiency of the drain becomes almost nil. Is that right. an accurate description? Or well, definitely, and and you know again as that fatty liver progresses, what what happens is you start getting fibrosis of the liver. And which again can live, lead to cirrhosis, and it creates a lot of back pressure. So people that like get varicose veins, and not to get too crazy on a food show, but like hemorrhoids and things like that, it's the flow of blood back up into the hepatic circulation isn't a free portal anymore, and that back pressure causes problems. So, you know, it's such an easy thing to avoid, though. Like. I put patients on uh, that do choose not to live a cleaner lifestyle on milk thistle, for example, uh, dandelion, which mm, both really clean out right. the liver. And, you know, the biggest one is SAM-E. Now, SAM-E is used for depression, but it's great for pain management. But what I love about it, too, is you always get that added benefit of a liver detox. Right. That's really cool. So is that something like that you could figure that out in just a regular blood test? Yeah. Because it's kind of yeah. interesting. In our family, my sister has type 2. My mom had type 2. My dad died of pancreatic cancer. So, you know, all related mm. to this kind of, you know, I guess um, uh, some sort of like, I guess, diabetes is, is part of the the, the, the pancreas, right? Yes. Creating yeah, so, insulin and all that stuff. So yep, I, I'm yeah. concerned for my own health a little bit, but at the same time, my blood tests always come back very clean. Is that something that, like, if you talk to your doctor, you could get a very specific blood test done? Or, I mean, yes. back to, to talking about healthy eating and stuff, uh, red wine better than white wine, um, you know, whiskey better than gin, anything like that we could uh, talk well, about? Yeah, let's talk about all of those. So, I mean, let, let's go back to that first thing. So with the blood work, what I do with patients is I do quite a big battery of blood work. But one of the things when I'm looking at their metabolic state is I look at their fasting glucose, which is typically not enough because if you hear that word, it's fasting. So it's not really an accurate representation of what's been going on prior to the blood work, typically. So I'll do what we call fructosamine, which is an early sign, if that's elevated, that you are pre-diabetic. I will do a fasting insulin, which is a very important uh, number to look at. If that insulin is too high... What happens is that first the pancreas works so hard to bring all those complex sugars and carbohydrates down that the islet cells in the pancreas fatigue. But what we also hear happening most often is insulin resistance. So every cell in the body has an insulin receptor, and when the, the insulin is too high for too long, it's almost like the boy who cried wolf. How's that? I think that's actually a great uh, way to explain that. Um, at some point, the cells don't listen to the insulin anymore, and they become resistant. And that is reversible, Woody, with a great lifestyle, exercise, supplementation, and the like. Mm, yeah. That's cool. How about the exercise? Just to pass on to you guys, I have been going pretty much every day. Our uh, treadmill broke, so I started doing weights and stuff, and I'm down. Oh. I would say I don't have a scale, but people are suggesting I'm down almost 20 pounds in, oh, in really weird areas. 
really weird area. Oh. My like my back fat down around my 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 gluteus max is going away. Uh-huh. And, but I still have a little That's bit of fat on my armpits. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it really is tough. But my my oh man, I just tell you, I go I get kind of bent now if I can't work out, which is kind of yeah. cool, I think. Yeah, See, kind of you know that's so you know what, Woody? Six weeks makes or breaks a habit, typically. Yes. So yes. 100%. What you're saying, and I know Venus and I are like that. Once you, you know, whether you start eating healthy or you start exercising, meditating, whatever that is, Woody, at that six-week mark, boom. You're in it. Like, Venus, tell them about your insanity workout. But, you know, David, sometimes it doesn't even take that long. Like, for me, you know, I fell off track with my insanity. I was doing it very regularly, and I don't know if people are aware of what insanity is, but it it is a um, a very, very... In my family, um, I know what that is, but go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, it's like high-interval training. Your cardio is, like, way up there, and... So I fell off track, and I st- and then you know I was having issues, right, David, with my stomach. With mm-hmm. uh, I was just a lot of sensitivity. Like I couldn't, you know, my my bowels were not working properly. I mean, it was just I was all messed up. Let's just say right. that. Right, right. And I couldn't figure it out. And I started on insanity probably about just a week ago, and I've already done it four times. And you know, when you do insanity, it's the equivalent of doing like a triathlon. <laughs> I mean, it's that intense. And since I've been doing it, I feel on top of the world. My bowels are great. You know, my stomach's great. I'm losing weight. I'm feeling good about myself. I mean, we're talking the matter of seven days. I mean, that sounds kind of crazy, and I think it affects everyone very differently. Some people, it takes longer, right, to kind of start feeling and seeing the effects. Mm, But uh, I think, like, you're right, around the 30-day um, to six weeks is uh, generally, um, you know, when you're really going to start, um, you know, conditioning your body. So that's great, Woody. I'm, I'm, I'm glad but, for you. You know, well, what is that in, endorphins, Doctor Dave? Well, what causes that? Do you think? Well, yes. well, the stress to the body of exercise. So we have different types of stress, right? So exercise in, even exercise has to be moderation. Exercise in good moderation. Now, for most people, most people are never going to go beyond moderation, right? Um, But like an athlete could. But let's just say you do your hour exercise like you and Venus are doing and I do. What happens is the body is stressed, and we call it U-stress, E-U stress, U-stress, good stress. Mm -hmm. But it's still a stressor to the body. And all stress to the body releases these beautiful chemicals and we categorize them as endorphins. And what those are are the feel-good chemicals. I mean, if you work out and you don't feel good afterwards, you didn't work out enough. That's just it. I mean, you don't. Now, Venus last night, Woody, she had a ravenous appetite, more so than (laughs) me, because I injured my hand and didn't work out for the last few days. So I didn't have that, you know, really, oh, I worked out, I want to eat. And your body requires nutrients after you work out. So it's nice to work out so you kind of feel like, you know what, if I work out for an hour, maybe I can have that little extra whatever that I shouldn't have if I didn't work out. Correct. Very cool. Correct. And, you know, going back to that other question, what do you had about, like, you know, gin versus other things? I mean, certainly the cordials are going to be your worst. So those are your... You know, not that, you know, thank God we don't have any liquor sponsors, but, you know, the, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Grand Marnier and, uh, the devil's oh my drink. God. Oh, Sambuca. Sambuca. Oh. oh, my God. I haven't touched Buka for 20 years. I mean, that is oh, like God. drinking so sh- bad. sugar. I mean, that is sugar. Um, but, like, the there's something called cogeners, okay? C O G I N E R S. And those are the things that are in your ambers, such as your rye, whiskey, bourbon, um, what else might there be? Scotch, right? So the co-joiners in excess are also somewhat of a stressor to the body to get rid of, whereas your clear alcohols, such as your pure agave tequila or a nice, uh, like a potato vodka or rice mm. vodka or, you know, we, you know, Venus and I love organic vodkas. We get this one called Crops, C-R-O-P. Oh, yes. And it's smooth and they have a, um, a cucumber uh, flavor. It's really nice. So those are lower glycemic. Now, that Pinnacle vodka oh. is basically, 
Venus. Disgusting. I, oh my God! They have it's like bubblegum flavor and, and cream flavors, cotton it's, candy it's, flavor. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know, Woody, you might as well just get the IV, get the oxygen, shut the lights out, and call in sick. Yeah. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll I'll just end my quick call in tonight on something with my dad. Um, he wasn't a drinker, but he used to make dandelion vodka. And, oh. Uh, it was in his little lockup uh, downstairs where he kept his tools. It was the quickest <laughs> thing for us to, boys to figure out uh, how to break into the lockup without him knowing and replace the uh, dandelion uh, vodka with uh, water. So, you know, weaken it down and he'd never know. He'd be sitting there doing shots because it was pretty good. Well, he one day I think he put some uh, some grappa or something in there instead. Oh, he, he yeah. Figured it out when we go to take a big slug of this stuff, and I think, oh man, he could hear us screaming downstairs. <laughs> uh, all I can hear is a chuckle upstairs, like yeah, bunch of retards. <laughs> now, oh, grappa, that's a by cute the way, story. Isn't bad though. See, now wine is a higher glycemic. Now grappa is made from the residuals after the wine has been fermented, so that. The, the the mash they call it the mash that's left over, they mm. make grappa. So grappa is probably the Italian equivalent of moonshine. Screech, I mean, yeah. Mm. You could basically peel paint off of a car just putting a, a bottle of it near it. <laughs> that's how. <laughs> well, I mean, that's for sure. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's a low glycemic, and you know, I guess again in moderation. I I have. Tried. Uh, I had a grappa that was infused with chamomile and some herbs, and I don't remember the name. I was at a really nice Italian restaurant, and the bartender came over because he knew I was a foodie, and he he said, "Just try this," and it was so good. And again, you only sip that. You know, that's a, uh, you put that in yeah, a sniffer, cool. maybe with an espresso, and it's a slow, slow process. Mm, Sounds good. Sounds delicious. Yeah. Alrighty, well I'm gonna uh, bid you adieu and you can uh oh, Woody, some more callers thank online. You so much for calling in. Thank you. Always great Always to love when you call in Woody and you always have thought provoking things to share and questions to to challenge us and I love it. Absolutely. Thank All right, you, Woody. Woody you have, have a lovely night. evening. All the best guys. Have a great week. Thanks. Okay, you Thanks. too. Bye. See you, bye. Bye. But you know what we should do, Venus, is maybe just quickly set the stage for what is this glycemic index truly all about yes yes absolutely i mean obviously you're the doctor so you'll you'll take this one wow that's a lot of pressure all in one night here. <laughs> <laughs> um so glycemic is the science between how you eat and a food how quickly does that turn into glucose that circulates in our bloodstream right so a great example would be a steak or a piece of chicken has very little glycemic index to it, whereas white bread is actually right around pure white sugar, which we use an index of 100. So wow. 100 is white sugar. So anything below that is comparative. But now glycemic index, as Venus, come in three categories, right? We have low, right. moderate, right. and high. Mm-hmm. And what I teach my patients, and what you and I do a pretty good job with, too, is living in the low glycemic world. And we could talk about some of those foods that would belong there. I like to cheat in the moderate zone, and I really do try to stay away from the high because I don't even like those foods. I don't want white bread. So what's high? What would, what would you, what, how would you categorize high? Like what kinds of foods would be in the high category? All right. So... Uh, so fruit-wise, a banana, white bread would be there. Um, there's so many different foods. Let's see. Um, try to give you some of the real, real bad ones. Um, certainly jams and jellies, uh, raisins, things that are dried fruits tend to be very, very high in glycemic index because if you think about a raisin starting off as a grape and all of a sudden, boom, we... Uh, take all the, sh the, the water out of it, mm -hmm. all that's left is this concentrated sugar. But what's also interesting is, like, let's just use an example of orange juice versus an orange. Now, right. I don't know how many oranges you think it takes to make a glass of orange juice. you have any clue of that, Venus? How Maybe many like what? How many oranges do you think are in an 8-ounce glass of oranges? Maybe, like, six? Uh, oh, to make fresh orange juice? Yeah. 
Oh, my goodness. I actually used to do that when I lived in Florida. I used to ah. go every day. We had a beautiful, um, almost like a small orchard of uh, orange trees. And, ah. I, I mean, we really weren't allowed to pick them, but I would go with my big basket and just, like, rip them off the trees <laughs> and come home and make the best homemade fresh orange juice. So, yeah, I think for one eight ounce, more than, I would say probably about ten all right, so let's take a look at that. So let's just say 10 oranges. Now, in the morning, how many people are going to eat 10 oranges? You might have an 8-ounce glass of juice, but if you were to eat one orange, the difference is, A, you went from 10 oranges to one, but mm -hmm. even more importantly is the orange has fiber. It has water. It has all of these constructs around it. And fiber is a wonderful way to lower the glycemic index of anything. So, like, so juices, for example, you could take something that, you know, God gave us. And listen, I love fresh-squeezed orange juice. But I, what I'll do is I will take a big glass of club soda, and you've mm. seen me do this, and just splash it with a little fresh orange juice. Love it, you know? So I like to do that, that with cranberry juice. Oh, yeah. Now, cranberry, remember what we've done, um, we should share with the audience is, we get the, well, I believe it's uh, Knudsen's, uh, K-N-U-D-S-O-N. They have 100% pure juices, whether it's Yeah, and cherry. those are definitely the juices to buy, right? If you're going to drink juice, I mean, they are definitely a little bit more expensive, uh, but um, that's the kind of stuff you want to be drinking. You know what? Yes, and the other thing, too, with that, uh, Venus, is you're getting, the, the price outweighs it because you're getting 100%. Right, so you juice. need less, no? You need much less, and, and the beauty of it, let's say like something like a tart cherry, uh, it might be like $7 for a 32-ounce, which might sound like a lot, but what I love about it is you get all those phytonutrients, mm. which is great. You know, a lot of people go wrong, too, thinking, oh, well, you know, it's, it's whole grain. Now, truth be told, if you look it up, and this is scientific fact, whole grain Whole wheat bread has a higher glycemic index than white bread. Does that make you want to spin really? in your head? Yeah, yeah. That's very surprising. Do you know that a Snickers bar has a lower glycemic index than white bread? Now, I'm not going to tell anybody to go out and stock up in a Snickers. Ooh, I want to eat a Snickers bar right now. <laughs> I didn't say that to make you want no, to actually, do that. No, wait a second. I actually want to eat Snickers bar ice cream. Now, that we're going to have a little discussion off air about. You can't be doing that insanity and looking as great as you do and oh, throwing yes, that I into can. the mix. Oh, yes, well, I Well, you can. probably can get away with it. but you know I can. I could get away with anything as long as I'm doing ah, insanity. It keeps me I sane. It. it keeps you sane. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we like that about that. You know, but, actually, you know, I was thinking of something. Sorry to interrupt, but on the on no. the subject of juices and fresh versus, you know, bottled so, you know, when you go into the supermarket, and I used to buy them, and I do not buy them anymore. In the supermarket, in the produce section, you know, there's always a huge section of all those uh, juices, the ones naked or balsam farms. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Now, I heard that those are really, really bad for you, and you should not drink those because the sugar content is like sometimes, um, you know, more than 40, 50 grams of sugar. You are right. Now, here's something I like to teach my patients, and um, I've, I've, I think I might have said it on one of the shows before. You know, once in a while, I'll take uh, maybe 20, 30 people to a grocery store and literally mm -hmm. spend an hour and a half, two hours, maybe even three hours I've done, uh, walking around talking about labels and food choices. So here's what marketers do. So I love pomegranate juice, and I like the Palm brand, P-O-M. Now, if Palm you is get great. Your, Palm is great. Palm is great, and you know what, Venus? It's great cardiac-wise. It's, it's just a great antioxidant. But here's a little trick. If you get 100% pure palm juice, the red cap, you're getting 100% pure palm juice. When you go palm blueberry, palm raspberry, yeah, don't turn like that. that label around. Now, watch what they do. The first ingredient, be apple or grape juice. So they put a less expensive juice in. They right. put a high glycemic juice in. And you're paying the same amount of money, so Correct. you know that's that's just that's just a, it's a crime because if you don't know about it, you think, oh wow, palm's healthy, 
We know blueberries are healthy, but what they don't tell you unless you look at the label is the first ingredient is neither palm nor blueberry. Right, right. And like these juices you talk about, um, look again. Always, if, if people don't know this on a label, the first ingredient on the ingredient label is the highest volume or concentration or percentage. Right. Now, if you look at that, like grape juice is so inexpensive and grape juice is so high glycemic. So when you give your kid a fruit punch that says 100% natural juice, well, of course, it's natural, but it's high <laughs> glycemic, right? Right. Um, so I think the consumers get bamboozled, and it's a shame, you know. So Well, natural... I think, yeah, but I think, you know, as long as us as the consumers are remaining to be, um, you know, ignorant or uneducated about this, then you know what? These uh, these huge companies will get away with it, right? I mean, that's what they're out to do is basically just to make money. So I think we yeah. really have to educate ourselves about this and be able to make better better decisions when we're in the supermarket and read the labels. Always read the labels of every single thing you buy, you know. Um, and hopefully, most of the things that are in your um, you know, your cart will not have any labels on them because they'll be fresh. You know, they always say, yes. right, shop around the outside of the yes, supermarket. Yes, <laughs> No, you're right. And, and you're, Well, you know what, Venus, too, you have a very wonderful European sense of shopping, which I really appreciate. You go yes. with the local, with the fresh produces, and I know you shop quite frequently, which yes, I, I think do. is really good because one thing is you don't really know what you want five days later. No. And when you no. go and buy like you do, you're getting fresh stuff, and you know you take yeah. that culinary passion to 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 your expertise. Yeah, and I don't like to freeze things. I mean, the only things that are frozen in my freezer are either ice, or you know maybe some French fries and chicken strips for my son. But other than that, mm -hmm. I don't like to freeze things. I like to buy things fresh and cook them. You know, that's that's the way I like to live. Um, and, you know, a lot of people will argue against it, you know, because a lot of people, it's all about convenience. You know, they'll go to BJ's or Costco once a month, right? Yeah, and they'll yeah. buy, like, a ton of stuff and just throw it in the freezer because it's inconvenience for them to go to the supermarket every three, four days. And you know what? When you go to a BJ's um, or those, I mean, you can really shop well, too, if yeah. you stay out of the frozen aisle, right? And yeah. even yeah. now I know that BJ's, and I don't go there frequently. I used to, but I, I think I get overstimulated there. There's just too many things going on. It's too much. I don't go there too anymore. Much. I really don't actually, enjoy it. It exhausts me. I get home, I'm exhausted. Um, but we all know I'm a shopper, so I go in for two things and I leave with a cart. Oh, really? Um, you like to shop? I do. I've heard that. <laughs> oh, I, I really, uh, I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have said that myself that you like to shop. But okay, if you say so. Amazon Prime. So. I have a direct line with them, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they have organic choices now, and that's nice. They have organic dairy. They have organic eggs. Right. They have organic. Uh, they even have um, cold cuts, which aren't organic, but they are free oh. range and they're nitrate free. And I'm not a big mm. big one on cold cuts, but once in a while I like like a salami or something like that. And it's uh, the brand there is Applegate Farms, and it's actually a yes. nice product. You it's know? very good. I buy the American cheese for my son, which mm -hmm. I sometimes eat myself. Um, but you know, for years I was um, you know buying cold cuts and regular Boar's Head cold cuts from the um, from the deli. And, you know, I'd make my sandwiches and take them to the beach. And every time I would eat the sandwich, I would have, I would have stomach issues. Every see, single yeah. time I would get sick. See, I get a headache. And I love that. I really love that. When I you eat love getting headaches? Yes, because it teaches me what to eat and what not to eat. Oh. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't get headaches. It's not a headache like a migraine. It's kind of like a brain foggy, like don't feel good headache. It's not a pounding headache. But my brain senses, I guess it must sense the toxins or something that just doesn't feel right. right. And right. it's like a barometer. I think if people really listen to their bodies, our body is one big barometer. It's going to tell you what you're doing right and wrong. You know you do insanity, you feel great. You don't do insanity, mm. you don't feel great. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Um, so, I mean, you know, for the average person who may say, well, how 
feasible, how attainable is it for me to live, you know, with a low glycemic diet, low glycemic um, lifestyle, you know, how much extra work do I have to do? What's involved on a daily basis? Like how can somebody really manage, um, you know, incorporate this into their lifestyle without having to really put in so much extra effort, which a lot of people with our hectic lifestyles are not willing to do, right? Well, I guess it's like anything. It's, quote, unquote, a learned behavior. And um, mm-hmm. it's not more expensive, that's for sure. Right. It's, it's not harder to find. It's being knowledgeable about that. And you know what I'll do, Venus? Let me throw out a couple of websites people can use. Now, people can yes. go to my website if they'd like, which is oasismedicine.com. And we talk Great. about glycemic foods. We, and there's a lot of food recipes and ingredient lists uh, that are very healthy. But I'm going to give uh, the view, uh, listeners a couple others. One is called GIListing.com, so just GIListing.com, which is actually okay. one of my favorite. So what that does, Venus, is it breaks food down by low, moderate, and high. Great. Um, now, there's one called GlycemicIndex.com, and mm-hmm. that one has a feature where you could plug a food name in, and if it's in the database, it will tell you where it belongs. So, for That's example, wonderful. yeah, so Venus, like anything over a 70 is high, anything under a 30 is low, and then anything in the right. middle is that moderate. Um, but, you know, you and I were talking about this uh, in the kitchen recently, too, how the way we food combine changes the glycemic load, we call it, not just the index, but the load of the food. Um, yeah. So, right, so when you mix a protein and a healthy fat with a carbohydrate, it slows, or we call it in medicine, blunts the effect of the glucose being absorbed. So a great example would be, and I'm not a proponent per se of saying to eat pasta, but should you eat pasta, whether it's gluten-free or otherwise, let's just say you had Barilla gluten-free pasta. It's really no less glycemic at all. If not, it might even be more than regular semolina wheat, but it's gluten-free, right? So if you're on a gluten-free lifestyle, which we try to do, to a certain degree, you and I. Right. If you did that with garlic and oil, for example, you're getting the allicillin out of the garlic, which is uh, antibacterial, antiviral, delicious, mm-hmm. of course. And we use the extra virgin EVOO olive oil, right? So that almost envelops the pasta in such a way that it doesn't absorb as quick, whereas if it was with a marinara sauce, the sugar is going to go up much quicker. Mm. Now, what about, I mean, with respect to the GI, are there foods that can be impacted by cooking? Like actually cooking yes. something, does that affect their, their GI? Yes. So, so the glycemic load, um, which is a principle of saying the glycemic index with the portion of food, if you overcook something and expand its surface area, it will absorb more. So ah, if you over-manipulate food, for example, and break down the fiber too much, then that, that glucose kind of becomes exposed and it goes right into our uh, bloodstream. Mm, so there's so many different variables, right, when it comes to um, glycemic index and all different foods, right? So many different variables that can affect whether they they go up, Right. Well, definitely. Now, just that that chocolate example we talked about before. So dark chocolate, much better option than milk chocolate. But again, if all you did is ate a whole block of dark chocolate, whether it be, you know, for a happy smile on your face or or, uh, for some sort of uh, palate enjoyment in the afternoon, if you threw the nuts in there or or anything for that matter that's our protein, it's going to, again, blunt that blood sugar uh, effect. And that's what I like to do. You know, I like to do that because mm-hmm. I, I like my chocolate. And I do like, as, as we all do, certain carbohydrates. And, and you and I have been pretty good. You know, it, it, I, I think most people go in and out of uh, kind of ratcheting down. But what I like to do is call it a lifestyle because if it's a diet, nobody wants to be on a diet. Who wants to be exactly. on a diet? I don't. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Well, now, I, I think um, the South Beach diet uses that principle, right? Um, yeah. They use the glycemic index and that load to um, determine which carbs to avoid. I, I think that that's the diet, right, the South yes, Beach diet? Yes, I mean, that's uh, essentially the principles of that. And I, I would really say any good lifestyle, healthy diet choice 
is a low glycemic diet. And in my office, everybody gets counseled on it. Because you know what? This is interesting, Venus. Um, a high glycemic diet prematurely ages us. Wow. We, we, we unfortunately get into metabolic problems such as diabetes, hypertension, hyperlipidemia. But even this, inflammation, joint pain, things of that nature. And the one thing I can probably motivate anybody with, especially maybe females more than men, is how do you want to look? I'm not just talking about your weight. How about your skin, your eye brightness, your color, your uh, complexion? If that's not a vanity motivator, I don't know what is. Of course, of course. So, I mean, if you want to feel good, look good, and live a long, vital life, Eating a, a low glycemic uh, lifestyle way is super, super easy. And you know what? It's delicious. That's what we do. If people go to Facebook, feast on this, they go to my page, they go to your page, they're going to see we do not. We do not suffer from not eating good. No, no. We are foodies, we are gourmets, and we eat in a vital, healthy way. Except again. Right. Apart from last night when we <laughs> ordered the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the huge two scoops of chocolate ice cream inside a waffle bowl with whipped cream and Hershey's chocolate syrup and strawberry syrup. <laughs> now, okay, and that's absolutely true, but what did we do? Did we eat the whole thing? Absolutely not. So for two of us sharing two uh, scoops. Oh, we left like two bites. <laughs> no, that's an example. I think we left about half of it. Uh, maybe maybe you <laughs> ate about the rest that. when I went to the restroom or something. I don't know what you did. Um but see, I'm, I guess I'm kind of blessed that I'm not a huge dessert person. So for me, two, three spoons, you know, I always say when yeah. the dessert hits the table, give me spoons for everybody. Right, right. You yeah, know, no, it's definitely right? important to have portion control when it comes to, uh, <laughs> you know, the sweets. Yes, um, yes. But this has really been fascinating. You know, I really hope that uh, everyone who's been listening has been uh, educated in some way. You know, uh, David always has some uh, incredible advice Um and information to give. So thank you so much, David, uh, for the discussion. Um, I'm really looking forward to this week. We have a big, unprecedented evening on Wednesday. Why don't you tell uh, everyone listening about what we have going on? Well, this is going to be awesome. So um, I got to meet one of Venus's son's friends. So, uh, so her son is Stefan, and Ronaldo's a friend. And both of them work in, uh, what is it, La Cantina uh, Restaurant? La Cantina Bay in Bayville. If anyone's out in Long Island, I definitely highly suggest checking out the restaurant. It's incredible Mexican and Italian mix. It's bring your own booze. It's fantastic, okay? So Ronaldo's family owns the restaurant, and it's been there for a long time. It's very successful. And Ronaldo is actually a chef in the kitchen, a 17-year-old boy. Actually, he's turning 17 on Wednesday. So happy birthday, uh, Ronaldo. There's your shout-out. Absolutely. Um, so for, yeah. for his – go ahead, Venus. You, you want to kind of set the, set the stage of what we're going to do, or you want me to do that? Oh, no, you're going to do it. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. All right, so – Ronaldo, which I got to say to the audience, I was a chef in the kitchen at 16, 17, and 18, too. Um, and that's a great time because, you know what? Learning how to cook is a gift to give yourself and everybody you'll ever yeah. meet because yeah. it's just great. So Ronaldo has a huge passion for food. So I guess he met us first. Well, he, he knew you, but he met me. He knew right away that we were foodies down to the core. So he came up with this. He goes, I want to do a cook-off. <laughs> And I was like, game on, game on. Mm -hmm. So we uh, let him kind of set the tone initially. So we have a, uh, a shrimp appetizer option. We have a chicken option. And then we'll have a dessert. Now, we were going to do like a panna cotta or something like that. He wants to do cookies. So that kind of throws the whole low glycemic out the window. But, again, live That's life okay. and enjoy life, right? But what yes. we're going to do is we're going to have three categories with a scale of 1 to 10. So it's presentation, creativity, and taste or flavor. Right. So it's going and to be like a, a, a twist on chopped but better. Yes. Now we have two teams. We have the white team, which is Venus and I, and we have the black team, which is uh, Stefan and Ronaldo. And we will literally have white chef coats and black chef coats. And we have a couple of judges. My two boys are going to be judges. I think Jennifer uh, offered to come in on Skype, and she can only do two categories, which would be creativity and presentation. 
But we're going to have right. fun. Now, Ronaldo's such a foodie, he goes, can we go out on the street and get people to vote on our food? I oh, like, my God, he said that? He did, he did. I oh. said, I don't know about that, but if he wants to do it, God bless. It's his birthday, let's do whatever he wants, right? That's um, wonderful. I am yeah. so looking forward to this. You know, we're. I think we're going to put a time limit on it, too. You know what, we might as well go right down the line with the chopped effect. Uh, I could just see us all with the hands up in the air. Oh, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we are going to be filming this, so watch out for some snippets. I'll put I'll yes. put that up on my Feast on This page. I think that would be really, really cool for um, our listeners to actually be able to, to see us in action. So and I am sure. so... So excited about that. It's going to be a, just a good, good, fun time. It will. And, you know, my two boys, Joshua and Christopher, they're excited because they're going to be in on it. Uh, and to kind of be judges, what we did say we would do, though, so there's no animosity or no favoritism, is it will be a closed ballot. And I think that's the fairest way to do it. Okay, yeah, sure. It's going to be fun. And, you know, the fact that we're going to tape it, not only will it be something that's going to be educational and, and entertaining, but it's, you know what, it's catching memories. I mean, how cool is this to be cooking with teenagers and have mm. teenager judges? We're going to have a great night. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be fabulous. And maybe we'll have them, uh, we'll have them calling on the show next, uh, you know, next Monday night, and uh, we can all share our experiences together. And you know what? I'm going to add a fourth category, who cleans up the kitchen best. <laughs> and I don't, I don't care. I if think I that will have to be David's. No one will do it better than David's. This is true. I just might get a hands down <laughs> win just on that. <laughs> I think you will actually elect yourself for that. I think so. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I can't wait for that, and we will definitely uh, be talking about that next Monday night uh, when we join you again. And, uh, you know, it's just going to be a fun week. We're out in Fire Island again this weekend. Um, so, uh, you know, we're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff out there. So we'll definitely be sharing that with everyone next Monday night. Um, but other than that, it's been a great show, David. Thank you so much uh, for Thank joining you. us. Uh, you know, we missed you, Jen, but we will definitely, um, you know, Jen will be on the show with us next Monday night. Um, so I hope everyone has a happy and healthy week, <clears throat> and uh, we will definitely talk to you next Monday. Thank you again, Venus, and I'm wishing everybody a vital life out there. Thank you. Have a good night. Good night, Venus. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.